Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today we have, I don't even, this, this isn't, this is a Monday podcast, but it's not necessarily a mindset podcast. It's a little bit different. Yeah, we're going to change it up. We're going to do, you want to explain it? I mean, it's a topic, I guess. Yeah. We can say that. Before we do, uh, shout out to Giant. I got to make that. Uh, Giant lifting. Yeah, real quick. Um, I should have I should have mentioned this last week because the Labor Day sale was going on and I just totally spaced. But what I would say is just be in the loop. If you're not following them on Instagram, if you're not checking out their website or getting on their newsletter, um, they don't bombard you with, with emails or anything like that. But you can get updated when there's Labor Day sales, there's overstock sales, stuff like that because it is a retail company. It's not a coaching company. So they do more promos and sales than then you would see somebody like myself do, which if you're on my newsletter, you're going to get a ton of free content because our job is to educate you. But uh, that being said, go follow them on Instagram, giant underscore lifting, check out their website, get on the newsletter, uh, just so you can stay in the loop with what's going on, the deals that are happening. Uh, at the end of the day, they're promoting a lot of stuff and giving you deals uh, throughout the months. And it's important to be updated on that. Um, I'm actually putting in my order. I'm going to go pick it up either today or tomorrow. It's time to get some more bells. We have up to 60, and then it goes 70, 80, 90, 100. And, like, I think uh, we were just filming. I actually put it on Instagram when I was doing those military presses. Dude, that set, those 70-pound dumbbells, like, took my life away. Yeah. Like, I was, like, like shaking. And it actually didn't look bad in the video, but in my mind, I was like, I'm going to drop these any second. So we need to go pick up some new bells. I want to get some new kettlebells. I think I'm going to get a sandbag. New or different sizes? Different sizes. Yeah. Yeah. Our kettlebells are fine, but we got gaps. You know, it's like 26 to 45 to 52, which I never understood. I mean, I guess it's dependent on the brand, but because they're they're in kilograms, the pounds are always so random. Yeah. Um, Random or like odd numbers. Yeah. 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 Go from 45 to 52. Like, what the hell? That's weird. Um, But I want to get a sandbag. We haven't had a sandbag here ever. And uh, I used to, I used to do a lot. Yeah, Let's I used go. to love sandbags. Yeah. Do sandbag cleans. Uh, I mean, even like over the shoulder sandbag with a dumbbell or a kettlebell on the side, doing like reverse lunges, step up stuff like that. Really, just cool dynamic offset loading, which is like a principle of training that a lot of people forget is is loading patterns. We all talk about volume, intensity, frequency, rep ranges, these different things, which are important. But when we start dialing into individualized training. Movement patterns, loading patterns, postural things are so important, and that's where we can have fun with some of these tools. Um, <clears throat> Giant sells a lot of them, but uh, yeah, I'm going to get the sandbag. I'm going to get a couple more dumbbells, uh, a pair of kettlebells. Um, I'm probably actually going to get their uh, jump rope. I have a shitty cheap jump rope from Amazon, but they got the nice speed ropes, um, that I, and I need those, but I feel like there was something else that I was Maybe eyeing. get started on your order, man. I know. Well, the nice thing is, is they still got a lot of the stock next uh, door before they leave. I was so say, I texted him yesterday and was like, do you guys still got a good amount of stuff there? Because I don't want to order. I don't want to ship it here. Yeah. You guys are next door. I just want to walk over and grab it. Um, but he said, he was like, yeah, we got most everything over there. So cool. a lot of good stuff. Go check them out. Giantlifting.com. Use the coupon code TCM5 to save a little cash and help you with your shipping. Um, but yeah, today is a, uh, it could be potentially motivating, but mainly around coaching and it's like the the whole topic uh style podcast yeah just turn that up a little bit so i can hear better. so today's topic is going to be we have uh seven different reasons our coaching as in taylor coaching method stands out and performs better than anybody else in the industry very bold statement but um it's the truth it is truth and i believe it um i was learn why I was talking to somebody, uh, I mean, this is like twofold, right? One of the the reasons was like, um, we've gotten, I mean, I don't know how many questions on the podcast of like, or for the podcast of like, how do you guys do this? Or what do you think? You know what I mean? What do you think about these coaching systems? Um, I'm not going to dive deep into our coaching system. So spoiler alert for your coaches, I'm not going to give you the exact blueprint. Uh, But I did want to kind of it gave me the idea of talking a little bit more of how my mind operates to create the systems and the philosophy behind how we coach. Not exactly what they are. Exactly. Because, and you can't, you really can't, you have to see them and I have to take you through them and everything like that. Right. Um, but that, and I, we've worked with so many coaches over the years and I, I had a call with a coach today who, um, was, she was a client of ours for, she's coming up on 12 months. Uh, she's leaving, uh, she's not gonna be coaching with us anymore. Um, so I just basically was like, 
we're setting up some stuff where every so often when somebody leaves, I want to get on the phone with them and just pick their brain, right? Ask them what went well, what was your feedback? What could we do better? All those kind of things to make us a better company. Um, and I'm not just saying this. she literally had zero negative feedback, which was great to hear. Um, shout out to Hallie. It was one of Hallie's clients and, uh, which is awesome, but like picking apart what she loved about the process was nice because it allows me to understand what we can double down on. And it kind of fueled a little bit of this as well because I'm just hearing exactly what allowed this person to go through a lean gain phase into a cut and now she's uh, starting her reverse diet with us. She has about four weeks left of reversing with us and then she'll go on her own to do it um, for 12 months. Like what made her stay with us for that long and be so successful, right? It's strong commitment. It is. And, and it's, it's a good investment of money, you know? So hearing her and listening in and being like, okay, I can see where we excel at. Um, and honestly, the, the other thing that has helped kind of fuel this podcast is some conversations I've heard about just horrible coaching in the industry. Like it's really just disappointing because yeah. it's, you know, I'm, I'm a part of that and I identify with myself as, yeah, and I identify myself with it. So the fact that there's people in the industry that just have zero integrity, you know, it's hard. I even, I had a call with somebody, uh, that was coming on board to work with us and she is working with us. And she, to the point where she, and sometimes they don't do this, but she was straight up like, this is the person that I talked to that I've originally applied for coaching with. And, uh, she was like, they follow you. And that's actually how I, uh, kind of associated with you a little bit as I, I found you through them. Uh, but they have a way bigger following than me. I didn't follow them, so I've never heard of them. Uh, but they basically just made her feel stupid on the call. Like the, it was almost like degrading. Like I felt really bad because she didn't know as much as they knew. It almost was like putting her down and she felt very uncomfortable. Um, and it was like how that's not a supportive environment going into coaching. I'm not motivated by that, which was, it doesn't sound like this person should be doing gen, gen pop. Not at all. Yeah. I don't even think they should be coaching because if that, you're working with, if you're working with a coach who knows less than you, why would I want to make you feel stupid for not knowing as much as me? It just means I've done this longer. Maybe, yeah. you know, if somebody comes to my house to fix something, they don't make me feel stupid for not knowing how to do their job because I don't know how to do their job. I'm not a contractor. I'm not a plumber. I'm not a roofer or a, uh, uh, what are the, I don't even know what it's called. AVAC guy, the people that do AC units and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it's called, but I don't do that stuff. HVAC? HVAC maybe. Yeah. Um, you don't make me feel stupid for not knowing your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so point being is like, I've heard this multiple times. She gave me a really good example. I got really fired up on the call and I was like going off on this lady, like trying to help her. And, um, the main reason she, she felt this way was actually because the person brought up nutritional periodization and she didn't know what that was, which is completely understandable. If you're not a nutritionist or a nutrition coach, why, why would you know what nutritional periodization is? And if you're not super into training, why would you even know what periodization is? We're the only industry that uses that. Um, you know, an architect doesn't use the word periodization. They use the word blueprint. Cause it's a blueprint, yeah. right? It's, that's their version of a plan. But she Googled nutritional periodization, found me, and then linked up that they were following me. It was like this whole like long-winded thing. Um, so I was like explaining a lot to her and everything, but it just made me realize that a podcast like this might be beneficial to coaches so that you can, you know, check yourself and just make sure that you're doing your due diligence to have integrity with what you're doing and, and doing it the right way and make educating people without making them feel stupid. And then also for clients seeking out coaches, right? Obviously this is promoting our coaching. We're telling you why we're the best. So of course I want you to apply for coaching with us. Hint, hint, there's a link in the description of this podcast, but also if you're out looking at the gram and there's five different people online that you really vibe with, that you like learning from, that you relate to, this kind of gives you a way to like really kind of narrow see, it down. yeah, narrow it down and, and look at those people. Maybe you really, really relate to some person who posts specific type of content and you relate to their lifestyle and their history and all that stuff. Make sure they check all these boxes, right? And, and when you get on a call, because some of the stuff might not be present, ask them these questions. Do they do those things and see what their responses are like and if they have confidence in those answers. And if they do, it's probably a good fit, you know, because these are signs of a good coach, period. Yeah. Um, now, I can't remember what the seven were off the top of my head, so... Yeah, let's uh, start off with number one, and number one will be <clears throat> more depth of connection and conversations. So, connection will separate connection and conversation. I think conversation builds connection, but defining connection is po- important because 
connection-based coaching is like a buzzword, right? Um, just like individualized coaching is and was a buzzword. Um, everybody was an individualized coach until it became to the point of like, okay, everybody does that. We get it right now. Everything is individualized. Um, which is why we used the word tailored when we created tailored coaching methods. Like how do I describe a premium version of individualization without using the word individualization? Because individuals, individualized coaching method doesn't sound good. Um, doesn't sound bad, but it's not the same. So we came up with tailored, but you know, Creating a connection and, and really being a connection-based coach, to me, honestly, it's, it's having empathy. Yeah. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, but I think that if you have empathy inside of a coaching relationship, you have understanding, you actually care about the individual, um, you're willing to hear them out, you're, you're more interested in them than you are the result, right? And we're still after the result, that's why you hire us. But at the end of the day, if we're not also curious about your family, do you have kids? What do you do for fun? Like, who are you as a person? We can't connect with you on a deeper, deeper level. Hobbies, work, friends, Anything. lifestyle. Yeah. What are your favorite fucking movies? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you have a Do you have a pet? I think that comes with. <laughs> that's more about connection than coaching. Hundred percent. Yeah. But you can't be the best coach possible without connecting. Without knowing them as best as you can. Exactly. Because here's the thing: like a, a perfect scenario. So um, I originally ask you, when we're getting started, like, do you like sports? Yes. What are your favorite sports? Soccer. Cool. And you're like thinking, okay, um, weight, height, calorie intake, favorite sport. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. You know, do you have kids? Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, and, and this, actually, uh, this is actually a real case scenario when I was in-person coach, so it's more relevant to Seattle. But I trained a person and I wanted to know more about their life and learn more about them. They happen to be a Seattle Sounders fan. I'm a Seattle Sounders fan, especially when I have more time to go to the games. So me and my brother used to go all the time. And uh, it was something we could talk about, right? Something I can relate to them with. One, one thing happens right there is we create a bond through something completely separate to what we're doing. And now there's more trust. There's more buy-in. There's more belief. There's more enthusiasm. There's more enjoyment to come to the gym because it's another soccer hooligan that likes the same yeah. fucking team as you do training you. You know what I mean? So there's like this relatability. Now we have a connection just from that. But I also got some enjoyability, enjoyability in the session, everything. Do you have a family? Yes. That's obviously something you should know about your client. They had a son, right? Their son was also a soccer fan, right? So getting their son a sounder scarf was something I did for, I don't remember if it was like Christmas or a birthday or whatever. I didn't get him anything, but I got a son something, right? And to it, you know, to a lot of people, that means just as much, if not more than getting you a present. You get something for their kid and their kid's going to fucking love it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That builds a level of connection that's greater than the other. Um, Andreas, I got his son monster show uh, truck tickets because my dad's in the oil industry. He knows people. He supplies the oil for the tractors that do the dirt ramps and everything. His son was obsessed with monster trucks at the time. That was a huge gift for his son, right? It's not anything crazy expensive. I actually have a connection, so it was really, really easy to do. But, like, his son was so stoked about these monster truck tickets. He'd never been. Um, see the grave digger and everything, you know? Because yeah. um, I used to go all the time Big when foot. I was a kid. But, that's the, but the point is, is, like, you're going so far beyond just, like, knowing a little bit about them. And, ask, and we're not just asking them questions just so we seem like we're trying to connect. We actually do something with it. You know what I mean? So uh, building that connection goes way beyond the gym. But the point is, is, is – Twofold. Number one, if you want a client to really have a lot of buy-in, have a lot of trust, really engulf themselves in the process, give that, give you their all, um, be motivated to come to gym, enjoy the process of working with you, it helps to do this connection. But the other side of it is too, if you're only doing it for those reasons, that's a problem. As a coach, you should really give a fuck about your clients. So you should want to ask them all these questions and everything, not just so you can pull it out and use it as a tool to get a gift later on because we don't do that for every client always, but it's just a way to know them better because the better I know you, the better I can create a nutrition plan. I can cater it more to your lifestyle, all those things. And that's all happening from connection. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of this is conversation, right? Depth of conversation. Twofold. One, depth as in how personal is this conversation? Am I opening the door for you to speak to me about more than just nutrition and training, right? Which not a lot of people feel comfortable doing. And if you're a coach, listen to this right now, and you're a one-on-one, you're an individualized coach, um, not working for a huge company that has like automated everything because you don't have to worry about them. That's why automated companies for coaching 
are cheaper and typically don't work as well as higher price coaching that is more in depth and individualized like what we're talking about right now. Human based. Exactly. You're not talking to an algorithm or a person that's using the same automation system and you get a new coach every couple months. Like you build a relationship. Part of that happens from being able to speak to them on a deeper level. And if you're a coach that is uncomfortable doing so, my recommendation for you is to go on your own personal development journey. If you can't feel confident talking to people about struggle, stress, uh, turmoil, meditation, personal development books, journaling, um, just deep fucking thinking, positive thinking, avoiding negative thoughts, stress management, you need to work on personal development so that you can learn and then teach. Because nine times out of 10, people come to us to lose weight or build muscle or whatever. They also got other shit going on that is going to affect their ability to do so. Or the other shit going on is actually why they're even here to do what they think they need to do, right? They need, quote unquote, they think they want to lose weight, but really what they want is a better lifestyle with their spouse or with their family or less stress at work or whatever it may be. They're in pain somewhere, emotionally, mentally, physically, something. They want to fix that and their path to fixing that is, is training and nutrition, it's losing weight. But you need to be able to connect with them on that deep level and understand that type of depth in order to help them. So you got to do it yourself. Obviously, that's why we all focus on the team. That's why we have a personal development coach for the whole team. That's why I focus on mentoring all the coaches and I dig deep with all of them constantly. Um, and then the other side of this is, is not giving people one line fucking sentence answers. That shit drives me crazy. If we're talking in a conversation. Good job. Keep going. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Drop 20 carbs. Talk to you next week. Like. Why are they dropping 20 carbs? What makes you want to make this decision? How do you think they should do that best? What is going to happen if they do this, right? Like at least give them some education around it, but even better, like what are the questions leading into it? Because if you don't have that depth and that trust, then you might not even know if that's the right move because who knows if they're even accurately following it? Who knows if they're being honest with their tracker, all that stuff. You won't know unless you create connection and a level of depth that allows them to be like, Hey, I had a fucked up week. I didn't hit my macros at all that's why I'm not losing weight or like, Hey, I've been lying like this. I've been drinking every night. Like I've had that too. And I'm like, I, I appreciate you being open and honest with me. We're not going to touch your nutrition. Let's focus on habits. Let's focus on mindset. Let's get on a call. I can't do this in, a, in, a, in an email. You know, and we go deeper or we shoot a loom video as a video response. And it is 10, 20, 30 minutes sometimes, which we've shared on our story. We were talking about that one day. That's unheard of. Yeah. A weekly update that's 30 minutes long. In this industry. Yeah. Yeah. Like people aren't doing that. People are doing two minute Loom videos. People are doing one line sentences. And granted, there are times where you can do a Loom video in less than five minutes to update somebody because they're spot on. There's no issues. You've been grooming them for months. I get it. So this doesn't mean that if you ever do that, you're bad and every video needs to be 30 minutes. But developing a level of connection and an ability to create depth in your conversation means that you can, when necessary, go beyond 10, 20, up to 30 minutes in a response. You can dive into deeper topics with these individuals to help them through things that may not pertain to fitness and nutrition because you feel confident and comfortable doing so, and they trust you uh, in, in doing so. So you can lead them, right? Um, and that's a good point, too, that's not on here. It's is actually being a fucking leader, not just a coach, not just a macro counter. It's being a leader to that individual. So point number one with, with the connection is, is understanding what being a connection-based coach actually means because the term gets floated around a lot in the industry and then understanding how deep to go with clients. Um, I mean, there's really, it's, I mean, there is a level of depth that may be unnecessary and you're just fluffing it up. So you don't want to just write just to write, but you should be able to have context and in, in an amount of depth to educate them and give them reasoning and give them what we call a shit sandwich for lack of better terms. The bread is on the outsides and the shit is in the middle, right? So like at the beginning, what are you complimenting on? What do you notice they're doing well? What positive feedback can you give them right out the gate to pump them up, give them feedback, give them motivation, slide the shit in the middle because now I can say, hey, but we got to work on these things. Here's how we're going to work on them. Here's why we're going to work on them. Here's what this is going to do for your future results. But just remember you're crushing these things and blah, 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 right? So shit's in the middle, sandwiches on top and bottom. Or uh, we used to say in the gym, praise, correct, praise. Mm. Praise them, correct them, praise them again. That requires depth. It requires more than one fucking line and one sentence or one quick adjustment. Um, And this all comes down to understanding connection and then creating a level of depth in your conversation that goes way beyond the norm of normal clients. For sure. And I would say number two, you really uh, overlapped. And number two is longer responses, videos, and calls. Mm -hmm. Kind of goes hand in hand with that. Yeah, 100%. I think... 
depth of you conversation, wanna, I guess, is more like um, it, it definitely bleeds into that for sure. You want to go into more in depth in that? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you some depth here. Um, yeah, I think like I, I guess more specifically, depth of conversation means you, you're you're willing to take it to a level that the human being actually needs, uh, and then the depth of length is also a factor. And this is that second principle. And it's just being willing to spend the time. You know, when you see an email come in, and this is where like, if you see an email come in and you're like, I can answer this or I can answer this and give them feedback and give them reasoning as to why and give them some like uh, expectations. You know, what what should you expect once we make this move? How long do you think this is going to take? Like all the little things, you know, because there's there's it depends in what ifs and possible scenarios with every single adjustment or every single diet scenario we can think of. Why not fill them in on that? You know, why not educate them a little bit more? And it ultimately comes down to people's time. So with this one, if you're not willing to spend the time writing a paragraph or two, and there's, there's strategies and techniques to do this for basic questions, right? Because let's be real, the amount of times I've been asked about, um, I mean, I just did this the other day, actually, and I'll give a perfect example. I've been asked about deload weeks. I mean, you can imagine I've been doing this for 10 years, thousands of times. And just the other week I gave, I was like, I gave a, this person had zero knowledge of what a deload week was really. Um, and I gave an extremely in-depth answer and then I copied it and pasted it in my notes. After I wrote, it, I was like, Oh, I'm going to use this as a template for the next time somebody asks me what a deload week is. So I can, you know, not have to change a bunch, but just tweak it to their scenario For sure, because that makes my job faster. They get a faster response. Then I can get to my next client. It makes sense. There's not that much you can do that with. There's only, you know, there's certain general topics. Deloading is defined in one way and then breaking it down for that individual is different, right? Um, defining uh, even like alcohol, fitting alcohol into calories. Mm-hmm. There's only a couple ways to do it and everybody's going to do it the same. So you can create something that you can reuse as a template and tweak it to the person's scenario, um, of course. But if you're not willing to even start with all of that depth and all that reasoning and all, all under getting them to understand what, why, how, all that stuff and spend the time on that email, you're in the wrong industry. You shouldn't be a coach. If you're not willing to, and we don't offer calls with all of our clients, we, like that's not part of the normal package, yet all of our coaches get on calls with their clients. I get on calls with clients. I get on calls with our coaches' clients. That's it. Like, why? That's not included because we give a shit and we want to have longer conversations. You know what I mean? And if I feel like somebody is leaving something out and they might open up a little bit more over the phone, like, hey, let's just jump on a call. Why not? You know, or if somebody's in another country and there's like a little bit of loss of translation, uh, translation, let's jump on a call. Let's jump on a FaceTime. Let's do something about this. And that's how you create deeper connections. Again, like just on the last point, but ultimately it's being willing to have those long emails, those long calls. If somebody, I have a 30 minute call and it's going over, it's fucking going over. Yep. You know what I mean? Cause we do what we have to do to make them understand and see success period. Totally. You know, they're not just another number. Yep. I love it. I think that's the best way to say it too. Yeah. All right. We'll go into number three is we set client roster limits. The, uh, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> my Kiwi's not working anymore. <laughs> There's one fly fucking with us right now. No, I can see a couple flies in the bag. I set up a Kiwi trap for them out there. They're going over there. Um, all right. So this, I almost like started talking about this in the last one, but I pulled myself back. So part of what I was going to say is if you're trying to shorten your answers because you have so many clients to work with, that's an issue, right? Part of the reason I built a team is because I got to a point where I was like, I have so many clients that one of two things is happening and it kind of flip-flops on off and on. First, my personal life suffers because I don't have any time to do anything. I can barely work out, right? And then I start not having any time for family, friends, my spouse. Um, At the time, Blakely was still in the womb, so I didn't have to worry about my daughter yet. Um, And then when I would pull back and spend more time with them because I was getting burnt out from work, work suffered. And what that meant is that my clients didn't get the best of me, right? They got the burnt out version of me or the distracted or the late version of me. So this is why we have client limits to all of our clients coaches rosters the the number is different depending on the person because everybody can handle different things some people are still in it's not a huge difference gap it's not no no, but there's certain people who can handle more there's also certain people who um, have kids there's some that have are finishing up their master's degree and you know what I mean so like there's things that come up that allow them not to handle as much but 
keeping a limit on this for the most part is the big key. It's also why we don't push our coaches to make a ton of content. It's why I don't push them to do any of the admin stuff. You're coaches. You are a coach. Don't worry about anything else. Just coach, which is also comforting for the people listening because all of our coaches are full-time coaches that do nothing but coach. Like that's what they do. That's their life, right? So that's why we're the best because that's all we do. That's all we focus on. It's all we study. It's all we work on. It's all we practice. It's, it's who we are. But the point with this one is, is some people build up their roster to a point where it's like they get it to a point where they can't deliver that same service, but they're popular on Instagram and they know it. So they're like, well, it doesn't matter if my service drops, I can keep signing up people. And if people don't like the amount of attention or whatever I give them, they'll leave. And I'm just going to have people coming in, Yeah, you know, again, going back to that empathetic side of things, they don't give a shit like most good, great coaches do like we do. But the point with it is, is you should have some kind of limit because everybody has a capacity for responsibility and for work and productivity. You can't burn the candle at both ends. At some point, you will burn out. Burn out. Um, and either your quality of service is going to drop off or you're just going to straight up be done, right? So we're unwilling to sacrifice our quality of service. And because of that, we have a client roster limit. And I believe that most great companies who do know automation, um, I think it's better that way. Yeah. Even if you end up having to, to increase your prices or anything like that, I, I always think it's worth it because, you know, coaching is not something you're going to do for the rest of your life. Coaching, you might do some form of coaching for the rest of your life, depending on who you are. I will, because, you know, I have different types of coaches that come in and out of my life. And I, I think in one way or another, I'm probably going to be coached in some capacity. I think I'm a different scenario. I'm an entrepreneur who's also a coach. So I think it's different for me. I'm always going to have a coach. But most people who hire us, you hire us to get a fucking result and learn how to sustain it, right? Yeah, you think you'll always be coach, but you said you also yeah. said that you will always coach. I meant I will always be coached. Okay. I will always have a coach. Okay, you were talking two ways there. Yeah, okay. so, um, and I mean, I think I'll probably always coach in some capacity as long as I'm working, you know what I mean? But I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. It's hard to say. Whether it be a client or, a, or an employee. Yeah, exactly. I'm always leading in some yeah. way, way, shape, or form. But, you know, having this this limit allows people to just become the best coach possible and not get overworked, not get overburnt. And we keep that because we don't want our quality of service. I'd rather charge more and give more value with less people and build my team to handle more people than allow my coaches to, to coach hundreds of people each. And then people just, again, feel like a number. Every single coach knows people personally. Like their clients are literally known very, very personally, like everything about them. It's actually kind of crazy, the relationships that are developed to the point of they're basically friends now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's in, we push that for a reason because we want you to feel confident. We also know that, you know, there's certain situations where you got to shoot your, your uh, coach a text or you want, you need to get on a call because there's a lot of crazy shit going on in your life, or you need emails every day because you're trying to work out a situation. If a coach is too busy, they can't do that shit. Right, which is why our coaches are only coaches, and what they do is coach. So they're gonna have the time for their their clients because that's all we do, and we have this limit. So I just think that in general, I think the best personalized coaching companies always have a, a roster limit so that they don't avoid they avoid burnout and they don't end up sacrificing their quality. And yeah, they over over. Uh, over not a give, but over deliver. Over deliver. Yeah, value. Yeah. They you can't over deliver value if you're if you have too many clients. Yeah. You can't. You don't have the time, you don't have the energy, you're getting shit mixed up. Like I've been there because I worked myself into a hole and then I had to get coaches on my team and delegate so I could build a system around this and handle as many people as possible without sacrificing the quality. But that's what we've created and then we stick to that. Um and the people who keep adding and adding and adding and adding they end up under-delivering. And there's a lot of people out there who are really popular on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, and they're great. Uh, they're, they might be very knowledgeable too, too, and they're great personalities for fitness and stuff. And they motivate a lot of people, and I have nothing against them. But I also know that people can be money-hungry. We're, we're humans. You know, it's hard to refuse money. So a lot of these people just keep saying yes, 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 taking on people and their quality of service will just lower and they really just don't give a shit because they can afford for people to leave and not care. Yeah, or they may not under-deliver, but because the client may not see it as under-delivering, but the client doesn't know how much they could deliver if they had yeah. less clients. That's very, very true. 
You know that happens mean? as well. Yeah. You know, their, their ex- the client's expectation just might be this. Yeah. I think there's, there's three scenarios. I think there's that exact scenario, which does happen. And unfortunately it happens because there's a lot of people delivering way less value than they should be. Bingo. You know, That's so what I was trying to say. there's been plenty of times where people come to us and they're like, holy shit, like yep. this is more than I've ever yep. seen in coaching. And my response is always like, really? Cause it shouldn't be Yeah. like, yes, we want to outdo everybody. Of course we're trying to over deliver, but why isn't other, everybody doing this? Right. Or at least most people, you think there would be more than there is uh, as far as like really popular yeah. coaching companies out there. Um, then there's also the people who come on board and they get in with somebody at the beginning and they grow to a certain extent and the value drops off because they get too busy. And then that, that client who is a personal client and very close to them becomes a number, right? Because this person gets super big yeah. and they don't have the time for you anymore, which is sad. At that point, that's where as a business owner, you should be uh, conscious enough and aware enough to build a team, delegate. If you're going to go that path, if you want to go the path of helping thousands of people, you need to build a team, period. You can't do it by yourself. Um, And then the third scenario is where people over deliver through their marketing. And this happens a lot where people's marketing, their Instagram, their YouTube, they have the money to invest in it. The production value is insane. It would be like me talking like this right now, and then you sign up and it's just dog shit, right? And I'm talking like this confidently because I know our product is extremely well, but imagine if I created all this kind of content marketing and I was pushing how personable this is, and then you get on board and it's just not personable at all. Yeah. You get an email every couple of weeks. It's like, just got your macros. It's quick, short. Like everything I'm talking about, it does the opposite. Yeah. That's the people where they, they, uh, they uh, over-promise, under-deliver, right? And you should under-promise, over-deliver, if anything, but I'm always going to tell you what's real. And then hopefully we even now do that. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm under promising. Cause obviously I talk a big game I think we over promise over deliver. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can do that, but yeah. um, I mean, I guess you can, if you keep improving, yeah. you're just always over delivering of what you promised previously, you know? And I, I think that's what we try to do. Cause if we talk a big game, number one, we'll just say we, we care enough to live up to it. Yeah. And number two, we want to improve and beat it. Maybe not over promise, but we, Promise. Promise a lot. And over deliver. Yeah, 100%. Um, And part of that comes from having a client roster that is manageable. Manageable. Yeah. Because people want to be heard. People want to have attention. They don't want to just be another Another, fucking number in a calculated formula for macros. Yeah. Touche, man. All right. Cool. We'll go to the next one. The next one is continued self education. If your coach or the coach you're seeking out, isn't clearly educating themselves further, there's an issue. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, look, like... Ask. Ask them, 100%. DM them before you send up. What are you currently studying? If anybody says that they're not studying anything right now because they know enough, like, that's an issue. You know? And even even myself, I haven't done a certification in a little while because uh, I've... I'm the CEO. I run a business. So a lot of what I study is marketing. It's business, it's leadership, it's systems, it's structured, stuff like that. But every single month I read every single research study that mass produces. Every single month I do a research review with Brandon, three different studies, which means I have to dig into all the stuff he writes about, right? And have a conversation with them. Every single month I coach a bunch of people and I lead my team, which means I have to understand what they're dealing with. So I'm doing a lot of self-education there. But on top of that, I'm still, I already paid for it. I'm still doing another certification. It doesn't start until November. But the, the uh, Institute of Performance Nutrition, the IOPN, is what I'm doing next. And uh, the reason I'm doing that is partly because as, a, as, a, as a, a passionate coach, you're somewhat obsessed with information. Like yeah. it's just part of it. You just always want to learn and get better. The other part of it is I need to lead from the front. Right? If I'm going to tell my, my coaches to constantly study and constantly learn and, and I'm going to help fund them to do certifications, I better be fucking doing it on my end too. Yeah. I got to lead from the front, period. I don't care if I've been doing this longer than everybody on the team. I need to, to lead from the front. Um, and I got fucking people getting master's degrees on my team. I better step up. Like they're and associates. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I got a community college degree. Yeah. Um, and I got a ton of certifications. I went above and beyond with a lot of the stuff I did because I, I wanted to make up for that. But let's be honest. Like, I mean, Haley, for example, the qualification she's getting as a, as a sports nutritionist, a dietitian. Come on, man. Our CSO, Brandon, he's got his PhD, you know? Come on, man. Come on, man. Brian, CSES, CISN, two of the top strength and 
conditioning specialist and uh, certificate of international sports science and nutrition, one of the top, honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest with people, I love that, like what they put out from science. It's uh, it's a very, very hard test, not the best certification course because there's no certification. It's like buy this textbook and if you, if you read it and you do good and you're smart, you can pass this test. It's like, it's a really fucking hard time test, mm. which means if anybody has it, I mean, they know their shit because it's hard but it's not really a great certification course. And I'm just saying that just because I want people listening to know that if you need to get certified in different things, you need your hand held through a course, this isn't going to do it. But if you've gone to college, which usually you have to go to college to even just get that, you have to have a four-year degree or more, the CISSN is, is really impressive. And that's Brian's certificates. And I can keep going on. So knowing my team has such a high level of education means I got to constantly be moving forward too. But the point is, a great coach is constantly learning and, and a great coach is even willing to learn the same things over and over again because it's taught a different way. Totally. I've learned the whole macro periodization, fat loss, muscle gain, all this kind of stuff from so many different people and, and educators over the years that people would wonder, why do you keep paying to learn the same thing? Well, because each of these people have a different client base. Each of these people have a different experience. Each of these people have a different educating style, which means that they're all going to teach differently and have different perspectives on it, which means that I'm going to learn it as many different ways as I can and then curate all this different types of, of coaching to develop my own style of coaching. You know, I talked to somebody about this with training the other day. Like, what's the best way to learn program design? Like, I feel like all these certs don't really teach you about program design. I'm like, program design is an art. You don't go to an artist and you say, how do, how do I paint like you? He's like, well, you just fucking paint and you figure out your own style. Yeah. Like, this is my style, you know, not yours. So, you got to learn about brushes and paint colors and, and mixing colors. And you got to learn about the paper and the canvas that you're using. You got to learn about how the different strokes go and those kind of things, right? Then you develop your own style. Program design the same way. Volume, intensity, frequency, exercise selection, movement patterns. You can learn all these scientific things. But when it comes to slapping them on a canvas, slapping them on a, on a program, that's an art. Yeah. Program design is an art because I need to layer this program in a specific way based on my experience personally and with clients. And that's developed over the years. So the point with this is simple. A great coach is going to go above and beyond to constantly educate themselves. They're striving to learn as much as they can, even if it's repetitive topics so that they can get better and they can teach it to their clients even better. So if you're looking for a coach and they're not educating themselves, they're not constantly going through books, self-study, seminars, webinars, workshops, certification courses, whatever it may be, that's a huge red flag. They should be constantly pursuing more growth intellectually because you always can. I mean, again, just to finish off with a two great ex prime examples, Brandon Roberts, our CSO, probably the smartest person I've ever personally talked to multiple times. You could easily argue that he doesn't need to learn anymore, yet he keeps on learning more. Does it need to? I mean, he has so much. I mean, think about it. He, he knows so much. Okay. Education is always, uh, always developing. growing. In information in general. There you go. It's, it's infinite. It's going to keep developing. It's going to change and stuff. So, of course, I don't think he should stop. But my point is, is a lot of people get to that level, and they yeah. would think, I don't need to do anything more. You know, it's, it's one of the main reasons why businesses fail. Business owners delegate, 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 and they go, now I can just sit back and do nothing. And they get lazy. And then what happens? It falls apart. If they don't keep adapting and growing and leading, the ship's going to sink. Yeah. Right? So for, for learning, it's the same thing. You can keep learning, and there gets a point where you go, I basically know everything I need to know in order to help people lose fat. Yeah, but things change. New information comes out. There's different ways to teach it, so on and so forth. And you should be eager to learn more things. Um, and then the other example is myself. I've been doing this for 11 years now, and I'm still getting fucking certified. I own a company that has nine coaches underneath me. I probably don't need to keep coaching. Yeah. I could do other things. And maybe soon I will go start getting certified in marketing or something if I can. You know, I don't know what certifications are in marketing, but um, actually building a story brand as a workshop and certification course. That looks really cool. Um, but point being, I'm never going to stop. Yeah. You can't. Touche. Makes you best coach. Yep. All right. We'll go to the next one. It is we five or six. This is five. Okay. What did I say? You didn't. Oh, this is number five. We invest in coaching ourselves. Yeah. Um, lead from the front. Like I said earlier, I've always had a coach, always will have a coach, whether uh, everybody on the team basically has a coach. I mean, now everybody literally does. Um, but uh, 
more than half of the team on top of our personal development coach, Andreas, who personally talks to everybody on the team in a coaching manner, everybody also has a trainer or a nutrition coach. Not everybody, but almost almost the whole team. Yeah. Multiple of them do. Um, there's also a couple who have a more casual relationship with coaches. It's more like a mentor and they check in every couple months, but it's like somebody's doing their shit for them. There's a couple of them that I coach. I do their nutrition and training still because I help out. Like, there's always coach. On top of that, I mentor all of them, so I coach all of them as well. But the point is, is like a good coach invests in good coaching. You know, a great accountant or financial planner invests in somebody to help financially plan their their budget and stuff like that too. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Leaders have leaders, coaches have coaches, mentors have mentors. You know, you, you never that that chain never really stops. It does at times. And maybe you, you, you stop coaching with somebody so you can reassess and you kind of look at what you can sustain on your own and then you move a different path for coaching, whatever it may be. But most great coaches have coaches all the time, right? Again, it could be on and off, but I think it goes without saying that coaches invest in coaching. And if you believe in coaching and if you're leading a coaching team, if you're leading clients as a coach, you should probably believe in what you sell enough to invest in it somewhere else. Totally. You know what I mean? Because if you're, if you're flinching at the price of, of a, uh, the monthly price of a coach that you would want to hire, what the hell are you doing trying to pitch people to pay for you? Totally. That doesn't make any sense. Makes zero sense. You know? Um, and I think that goes in every, I mean, really in every facet of life. Yeah. If you're going to promote something, you should probably believe in it. Um, it's funny. I don't know why. This kind of relates, kind of does. I was talking to my neighbor. Um, the one I told you works for Adobe. Yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes, so we're at the Labor Day barbecue, kind of just chilling. And I mean, it wasn't really barbecue. All the kids were outside playing and we were grilling. And uh, he knows what we do. So he starts talking to me about stuff that you would totally be eye to eye with him. And I'm just like, dude, I have no idea. Like certain cameras and like these different features and what he wants to film with some of the stuff. But he doesn't have anybody film. Mm -hmm. So he was like talking about this camera is like 10 grand that he wants so bad. But he's like, I don't have anybody to film. I don't film. I just the camera is so sick and he was like talking to me about it and he's talking about all this stuff and that's a perfect example he does that stuff for a living he literally develops adobe products so he wants to invest in video software video cameras video editing and stuff just because he loves it he doesn't have anybody film so he wouldn't make any money from getting that his company's not going to pay for it because it's a canon video camera thing that they use in like movies like a big box or something like yeah, that red i think that was yeah something red like that. camera yeah yes um and he's like talking about it. He's like, I don't have shit to do with it. But like, that's a great example. He's like, I might just buy it. And his wife, Lily, was standing there. And she was like, no, you're not. <laughs> and we started laughing. But it's a perfect example. He's like, he's, he loves that shit so much. And he promotes his Adobe products. So that's what he does. That he'll spend a bunch of money on those kind of products just because he wants to know more and learn more and do more and be a part of it. Yeah. Right. And that's how coaches are. Totally. You know, you should have a coaching circle. You should be friends with other coaches. You should network with other coaches. You should invest in other coaches. It's a big key. Totally. Yeah. Love it. All right, cool. We will, we are on number six now. We said, you kind of already got into it. It says, we use less automation and build more personalization. Automation is like, I mean, shit, if you look at uh, Entreport, which mm -hmm. we use for a lot of things, their their business tagline, their slogan is, is uh, it's automation for the modern day entrepreneur. That's literally what it's called. Automation is everything now, right? How, how much less can we do with this system? How can we connect the, the roadcaster, the laptop, the camera to this fucking button thing over here um, with what cords to make it just splice together quicker? Like, remember when we were filming two cameras and your push yeah. buttons, like, how can we automate this more yeah. to do less? Which makes a lot of sense, yep. right? Coaching should not be automated, is my point. There's all these algorithms, there's templates, there's um, uh, algorithm-based apps that do it for you. Um, I, none of those can read into your stress, into your personality, into your history, into your hormones, into your adherence. It doesn't matter. If you do a diet app, you need to be relentlessly consistent and adherent and have no personal like connection and emotion to it, right? If I was like dead set on a cut, which I can do and be robotic if I really want to. I have less motivation to now because, I don't know, I just don't care as much as I once did. But at once upon a time, I could be very robotic. I didn't need a friend. I needed somebody to tell me what macros to eat. And I would eat the same fucking thing every day. I would prep tilapia, green, whatever you tell me to eat. And an app would do fine because when I didn't lose weight, it would the algorithm would go, okay, we're dropping calories because calories in versus calories out, that leads to fat loss. And I would do it. But what happens when you 
don't be truthful about your macros? What happens when your hormones are a little bit out of whack? What happens when you don't get enough sleep? What happens when your personal lifestyle doesn't match with what the app's telling you to do or you're stressed out? The app can't read that shit. And then it drops your calories. What happens then? All of those things get worse, right? So automation can only lead to worse progress if you're somebody who cannot completely detach themselves from it emotionally. You can't be perfect. Literally, (laughs) which if you're not a physique athlete, and when I'm referring to the past when I did this, I was prepping for a physique show, did whatever that guy told me to do. And there was no like connection or lifestyle oriented things into it. It's like you didn't drop, remove these macros, add 20 minutes cardio. Okay, done. You know what I mean? It's just, it's robotic. And I was 100% spot on. And he didn't ask if I was or wasn't because if I wasn't, then I'm not going to get results and whatever, dude, you paid in full. You know what I mean? And that's how that is. So automation does not work in this world. It's the same reason why some of the processes we use as a coaching company actually take us longer, right? Which from a grand like overview, bird's eye view from a business perspective, you would look at and be like, that is inefficient. And my answer is yes, it is inefficient, but it's personable. And we can't let go of that, Yeah, which is a battle that you fight as an entrepreneur, especially in my shoes. How do we make this business continue to grow without losing its personability? And I've worked with web design people, automation people, tech people. I mean, you've been there when we work with some of them. Their job is to automate things. And I've had conversations with them of like, no, we can't do that. And they're like, but this would run so much smoother and faster. You wouldn't have to worry about X, Y, Z. I know, but it's impersonal. You know what I mean? It's like, I want people talking human to human. Like there is an aspect of coaching where that is the valuable part of it. Yeah. Um, is there, yeah, never mind. I think that's very important. What were you going to say? <laughs> Not <laughs> <Nothing>. curious. <laughs> I mean, it sounds very selfish, but it's just like, but there's a point where you can't scale. Like, yeah, because you can't have, that's what they're trying to do is mm-hmm. what they're trying to scale you to a point where it's impersonable. Mm-hmm. Essentially. what. Yes. Yeah. I do think you can do it. I think it takes longer. You can. You think you can scale as high as you can, as if you weren't had human connection. If you're, you're saying you think I can still scale as big without the automation, I do. Mm. But I think that it's going to take longer, and I think typically you need a bigger team. So, okay. Instead of having twenty coaches, you might need forty, because there's more personability, less automation in every single coaching relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might need to hire people on your team to handle processes that a computer can normally fucking handle. But you're trying to keep it personal, yeah. right? Depending on the process. Now, any tech thing that the clients don't see, 100%, automate the shit out of it. Whatever yeah. we can do. You yeah. know, even some marketing stuff. Or if it doesn't affect the client. Exactly. Well, but when it comes to the coaching aspect it. of it, yeah. you can't scale as fast, and that's why people don't do it. So when they start growing and they get some money to invest, they, they scale quicker, yeah. they grow quicker, and kudos to them, but it removes some of that personability. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where I'm unwilling to do that because that's don't, not what tailored coaching if, is. Don't give kudos if you don't believe it's the right thing. I think, I mean, I can't justify, or I can't say what is and what isn't the right thing for other any individual. Other yeah. people's companies? Yeah. For me, Touché. tailored coaching method is about being tailored, and that's Personal. personable. Okay. Which comes with its difficulties. But you also don't think it's the right thing in general for coaching no i don't Don't you know yeah you know you understand what i mean though yeah absolutely yeah because there's even you're kind of applauding something that you'd go against yeah and i agree with that and the here's the thing too is like there's people who are coming out with uh i'm not gonna say names because i don't know how well known it is um who i know i've i've hired for different things i've podcasted with they're great fucking people they're super smart and they're creating an algorithm-based app yeah i don't think it's wrong anybody i think it's wrong for most people right most people need personalized attention oh some people can be robotic right if somebody comes to me and they're like i'll do anything you say i have robotic adherence i you know what i mean i have nothing to worry about like essentially what you're saying is if you can be robotic tcm's not for you yeah most people can't be that way exactly you know and some people we even work with some people i'll be honest some of the cons are pretty robotic yeah they can be robotic but they also value education yeah so they need the coaching from an education perspective the macro adjustments and the nutrition plan and the fat loss that's all robotic they're yep. easy with that so there's a lot of aspects that just simply can't be automated there you go and when you automate it, it's not it's not received the same yeah. and i think that's that's my big point the personal connection is impossible to automate yeah well and then you go like this is that even a coaching company Right? Or is it an automation company? Is it a nutrition plan automation company? There you go. You can take automation now, but it's is it a nutrition 
What'd you call it? Nutrition plan automation company. Nutrition, it creates a nutrition plan for you. Nutritional plan company. Yeah. Or a nutritional yeah. automation. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you're, meal plan you're automation. You're putting the word automation in there. Yeah. Because it's. <laughs> I'm not taking that out. Because it's automated. Yeah. I you know it. what I mean? And I think that coaching, there's a definition to coaching, which is why an app can't be coaching. There's no coaching app. If the coaching app is a coaching app, it's a coaching software that a coach uses to coach somebody with. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like true coach for training. True Coach doesn't give you automated training programs. As a coach, you have to create training programs to coach the person using their software. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that's where I'm like, you can't be, like, you can't call yourself a coaching company if it's algorithm-based or automated. You can be a nutrition template company. You can be a nutrition automation company. <laughs> you got to take the word coaching out of there. Yeah. So, so I think... Say that to the potential client. I'm a nutrition template company. Yeah. We make nutrition templates. <laughs> I mean, um, some people would be like, sweet. Yeah. And yeah. they, I mean, the companies make good money. They yeah, do well. And for true. some people, they work fucking well because that's all they need. Yeah. But in regards to coaching, defining coaching, I think you cannot be automated. Yeah. You know, and like I said, it's going to be harder to scale, but I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. Last one. Number seven is we step outside of our scope of practice. Yeah. I've kind of already hit, hit, like beat a dead horse on this one, even from the get-go when I talked about connection and empathy and depth of conversation. At some Going point... Above, it, above and beyond. Yeah. And because at some point in time, the conversation is going to steer away from training and nutrition. You know, and when it does, we don't flinch. Yeah. We just continue to coach. So if somebody wants to talk about their relationship, their lifestyle, um, somebody's dying in their family, they're getting sick, they want to talk about... They want to vent about some things that are going on in their personal life, go for it. This is not like, this is where like the classic saying of like your trainer is your therapist. There's a lot of truth in that. That's a really well-known statement for, for people who have been trainers in their life. They often say like, oh, I'm not just a trainer, I'm their therapist. And it's kind of a joke because people end up like, like just releasing all the shit off their shoulders on you, you know, but part of your job is to receive their energy yeah. and it's to be there for them. Yeah. So there's a lot of truth in that. And I think Stepping outside of your scope of practice and being able to talk to people about that. Number one, again, you got to have your own coach. You got to be working on yourself personally. You got to be invested in personal development to be able to level yourself up, to be able to have those conversations and hold that type of conversation with somebody. Um, but ultimately, I just think that a great coach is going to be somebody who is okay stepping out of their their title of nutritionist or trainer and discussing deeper conversations that ultimately are going to help them get to the place that you're trying to get them anyway. And we all do that. Yeah. Time and time again. Totally. Cool. All right. Well, I think those are seven great reasons that a lot, some of them bleed into one of no, one another, but that was good. Yeah. It's like the art of coaching for you guys. And um, for coaches listening, take notes, obviously. Yeah. Uh, for people listening who are looking for coaches, kind of look for these red flags, you know, look for these things to make sure that you, you're, you're laying out the prerequisites before you commit to somebody. Um, and obviously this is a, is a huge plug for us. These are all things that we value a lot. If you resonated with this podcast, if you want to lose weight, you want to change your performance, change your health, build muscle, whatever your goal is, we work with everybody, all kinds of people. Um, click the application link in the description of this podcast or head tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash online dash coaching. You can apply there as well. You'll get a free strategy call with us and we'll dive into our process, dive into your goals, all those kind of things. Um, and you can see if we're the right fit for you. Based on this conversation, I think you'll know by now and I highly encourage you to take the, take the leap, jump in and let us help you transform your body, transform your life and get the results you want. All right, have a good rest of your week. Cheers.